March 9th, 1976. thousand combs in my time, and they all disappeared. Instead of messing around with all them time-space theories, why doesn't science do something about that? The problem of the disappearing comb. I've never thrown a comb away, or given one away. They just go... Combs you think you bought in your time? <laughs> Have you ever thrown one away? No. Have you ever said, I don't want that comb no more? Thrown out, no. How many do you own right now that you can actually get your hand on? Maybe two or three. About five. Well, you're five ahead of most of us. Because you lead an Extremely organized life, Joe. Very, very organized. How many combs have you bought in your life? Five? <laughs> no, don't tell me. Don't tell me you walk around and find them. I see. You're ah, you're one of the the, the comb bloodsuckers. Ah, well, there are those too. The great mysteries. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of mysteries now. Now wait a minute. Now every day, every time I pick up the Times. Or the news, or the post, or anything. Uh, there's always the report on page three of a new poll. You know, it says poll shows president lags in, and then that 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 fifteen percent, twenty-two point nine percent, and all that. Now, I, 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 this to me is one of the great mysteries. I have never even met anybody who's been called. On one of the really major polls, you know, I've, I've often been called where the voice was saying, Hello? And I say, Yes. Are you interested in dancing? I say, What? Uh, what, what, what? 
You have won a free samba lesson at the International Association of Free Samba Lesson Dancers. Now, if you will Oh, for God's sakes. You, know, you, you hang up like that. You, have you ever had that happen to you? All right. I had, a, I had, a, <laughs> I had one, I had one uh, call the other day. Says, uh, hello? And I says, yes, hello. This is the International Association of Oil Speculators. We understand that you have some extra money that you wish to invest in uh, Greenland oil. I says, what? And I hung up, you know. So they, they, I get called by that, but I have never yet once been called. I'd love to, you know, just once be called, uh, hello? And I'd say, yes. Uh, this is the International Bullard Pole Corporation calling, and we would like to know how you believe that the president is doing his job. Are you satisfied or are you not satisfied with how the president is doing his job? Well, uh, let's see now how the president is doing his job. Now, it depends on how you define his job. Now, uh, there are times when his job seems to be uh, running around and hollering and hiding in the bushes and trying to get away from Walter Cronkite. On the other hand, it seems to me his uh, job seems to be to send uh, uh, Mr. Kissinger to uh, Yugoslavia. Now, he does that very well. So I don't know. I mean, you know how he's doing his job. Are you asking me, do I like the president, or is he doing his job well? Well, uh, to most Americans, that seems to be the same thing. No, 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 no. Wait a minute now. I know a lot of guys around here at my very outfit that I can't stand the sight of them, but they do their job good. Now, now if you're asking me whether I like those guys, I'll tell you. Or whether they're doing it just another thing. Well, I believe you're confusing the issue. This is the International Bulland, uh, uh, International Important Poll Corporation, and we do not like to confuse issues. Uh, we would like to ask you another question, sir, since uh, we will now put you down as undecided on that previous question. Uh, is that all right with you? Well, now, wait a minute. I'm not necessarily undecided. What I say here is that uh, I think uh, if the president's job is to find sending Kissinger around the world and talking to guys in Yugoslavia, he's doing great at that. I mean, he's really great. I mean, Kissinger's going around, he's getting on the TV and all that. Now, uh, if you're asking me whether he gives good speeches, now, I'd have to say no. He fluffs a lot, and uh, he doesn't read his uh, lines very good. But on the other hand, uh, he has a rather decent portrait he sits for now, uh, that's also part of the president's job, I suspect. I mean, if you had a guy, you know, that showed up for his portrait and he wore this, uh, you know, he wore this crummy-looking suit and he wore, a, you know, a burlap shirt and all that stuff. Uh, Mr. Shepard, we're not necessarily interested in whether or not you believe the president dresses well. But don't you think that's part of his job? I mean, after all, the president has to give a public appearance to people. And uh, while well, he doesn't dress according to my taste, nevertheless, he does dress uh, very quite well, you know, considering the fact that he's got a kind of a dignified job. And, uh, Mr. Shepard, we're asking you whether or not you believe that the, is the president doing his job to your satisfaction? Oh, well, uh, now you've come down to it. To my satisfaction? Well, there has never been any president that's done his job to my satisfaction. And uh, I, I feel that... Uh, well, uh, Mr. Shepard, would you please tell us what your... For my own information here, now, it's not in the poll. What would your uh, satisfaction be? Well, uh, that's a good question, I. I, uh, come to think of it, uh, I hadn't even really thought about it that much, but I think I'd kind of like to get a call from the president once in a while, you know? Uh, the president's always calling up guys that run football teams, and he's calling up guys that uh, jump over, uh, over sticks and all that kind of stuff, and the winds, what do they call it, the, the high hurdles and all that stuff. I would just like to, one day after I finished a good show, I'd like to have the president call me up and, uh, you know, say, hey, you stick in there, it's a good show you done, uh, it was real good, especially I like that joke there about Kissinger, it was real good. I just like that. Now, if you're asking me, I'd like that. Now, no president's ever done this. So honestly, I can say 
that uh, no president has really performed to my satisfaction. Another thing, too, I tell you, as long as you're bringing up the president and satisfaction, I think that uh, presidents in general, uh, in general, have not made my life easy enough. Now, uh, for, for example, uh, the president is always throwing big dinners at the White House. I've never been invited. Now, I'm sure that I'm paying this. I'm, you know, I'm a taxpayer. I've never been invited. Now, I think a president would really, you're asking me a question, my satisfaction. And it's my, I'd love to be invited. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Shepard. It's been a very uh, interesting uh, uh, discussion with you. Oh, by the way, we have one other question we'd like to ask you. Uh, do you mind answering another question? Uh, no, no. Your first pollster that's ever called me, I'm glad to answer any question. I'll spend all night here talking to you if you like to. I never get asked any of this stuff. Well, Mr. Shepard, now, this is another poll we have. Uh, we'd like to ask you this question. What tune were you whistling just before the telephone uh, rang, please? Excuse me? What, what was that question? Did you say what? Uh, what was that question? Would you repeat that question again? What uh, tune were you whistling before the telephone rang? Oh. <laughs> What's that got to do with the president? Oh, nothing. We're uh, also conducting a poll for the music industry. Oh, uh, I see. Well, uh, what tune was I whistling? Well, uh, uh, gee, that's interesting. Let's see. I was in the gym. The phone rang. I came out, and I thought it was the door. I don't want to. Well, actually, I wasn't whistling at all. I, I, uh, I was just sort of walking around, and I, I, uh, I really wasn't whistling, to be honest with you. Oh, well, that's uh, very well. That, uh, that uh, leads to the next question. How long were you not whistling prior to the phone ringing? Uh, how long were you not whistling? In other words, when were you last whistling and how long ago was that? Oh, I see. Oh, well, uh, let's see. Yeah, down in the basement. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. That was yesterday. I, I, I'll tell you, I was out in the garage. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I was out in the garage and I was whistling. Yeah, I remember I was whistling. Yeah, yeah. I was out in the garage. I would say it's about the 15, 16 hours ago. I didn't whistle since that time. Oh, very good. Now, would you please tell us what tune you were whistling at that time? What tune? Let's see. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> that's, that's what I was whistling. I, I uh, was whistling that yesterday at uh, about 3.30 in the garage. Well, uh, is that a tune, uh, please, Mr. Shepard? No, no, that's, uh, that's just what I whistle. You asked me what I was whistling. That's not a real tune, I, I suppose. I, I always whistle that. I go... Well, then uh, I could put it down that you compose the music that you whistle. That is a composition of your own. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, I, I guess you'd say that, uh, that uh, I, I, I did. I, I composed that uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't know why it is. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I was always going... I often do that when I'm just sitting around, uh, uh, you know, not thinking anything. I just go... Sometimes it gets on people's nerves, too. I've heard people say, we cut out the whistling. I go... Well, then, uh, Mr. Shepard, thank you very much. That concludes the Bullard International Poll. We want to thank you for... You are a very, very nice cooperation, and we will put you down then as a composer who whistles his own tunes. Uh, you will go on our poll under that classification. Of course, that's an unusual classification, but the uh, Harvard wish to take advantage of all the various percentiles 
that occur in the broad spectrum of the American population. Thank you very much. Don't you know the Marlboro theme? Come on. It was almost like bum ba dum bum you know, and it came on ba 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 da 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 No, that was, I'm just saying, similar to that. I'm just giving you a clue. And then you saw up there against the horizon, you see this heroic guy puffing frantically on three cigarettes. You wonder why he was so damn nervous, you know, being out there in the wide open spaces. You remember that guy sitting on that quarter horse? And the voice would come on and say, somewhere out there in Marlboro country where the wind blows hard and high, the Marlboro man rides a lone trail. You know, you've, you've seen that, haven't you? Na, 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 dee, 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 dee. Oh, yeah. I miss those days. Marlboro commercials, yeah. I also miss the White Tornado. I used to like that. Remember the guys? <laughs> white Tornado! <laughs> Remember that? They run down the street and the White Tornado comes in the window. All right. Yeah, a little thing. He went down into this can. This girl didn't look excited. She just said, oh, it's a White Tornado. And the, and, and the clowns, for some curious reason, clowns would come running into her room. Remember that? Yeah, they were clowns. Yeah, all kinds of guys. Dressed as cowboys, clowns. Well, don't you remember the white knight? Yes, galloping through the town with his lance, cleaning up people's bibs. Because <laughs> this is all, you know, this is a, it's all part of our town. This is certainly not nostalgia. This is just a recounting of the wonders of the 20th century, of which we've all lived through. Uh, I, I, uh, I, several others uh, I miss. What, what, what are some of the ones you miss? Come on, you, you'd love to see again. Yeah, how about the heart-shaped meatloaf? No, you got tired of that. They played that till funny, you know. That wasn't funny anymore. Till funny at that point. You were beginning to have the same problems that the heart-shaped meatloaf gave other guys. You were going, oop, you know, every time it came on, you know. Right? Oop. Yeah, what, the guy that did what? He drank what? He drank Texaco? I see. Well, uh, Joe is not my best pantomimist around here. Would you please tell me what that was, Jerry, so I can uh, get that one? That is his favorite commercial. I want to see what the Vox Populi has to say. Yes. Alka-Seltzer. Oh, you like the ones with the stomachs jiggling up and down? You identified with that, huh? Mm, I see. I see. Especially the guy that was running the electric hammer. He was <laughs> oh, yeah. Must be jelly because Jan don't shake like that. Uh, well, uh... <laughs> Right. Uh, well, uh, that was that was not a bad commercial. Uh, I think uh, we the, the the ones I really miss though uh, are uh, ones which uh, sure. Don't you remember? Don't you remember the little guy that uh, that used to run around? Uh, the little uh, guy that was made out of cake dough, Pillsbury, and they'd stick their their finger in the stomach and go ah! You remember that? Remember that little guy? And uh, you'd break open the can of uh, of, uh, of biscuits, and he would come hopping out. You know, I saw that happen the other day. A lady dropped a, yeah, over there in the A&P, and this little guy came running out, running all over the floor. It was terrible. I'll tell you, one of the things I like, I like, have you seen the commercial now where those little round things with brushes on the bottom go around scrubbing up stuff? Though, listen, listen, I'll tell you, I bought a can of that stuff, and you can't get rid of them damn things. They've been running all over. There's a whole bunch of them now, and, they, and you know, they breed like crazy. There was a whole bunch of them under the day bed, and, God, they're flying all over the place with those little brushes. I mean, they're worse than cockroaches. I mean, uh, you've seen them. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people, uh, you ought to try that stuff, that product. Uh, it's great. Uh, uh, how, about the, how about the cookies that are made by the little elf people? Do you like that one? Oh, you haven't seen that one. Well, there's a great, 
commercial scripts currently running. I, I enjoy this one. It shows shows a it shows a tree. You know, there's a tree there, and you hear this music. And our little doors open, and there's a cartoon. See, little doors open, and you see these little these little elves looking out. See, and they're throwing these cookies out. And standing outside is a country yokel type, and he's standing. He says, uh, uh, and uh, he picks up on these cookies. See, and at that, this little elf says. But these are uh, these are uh, bored cookies made by elf. And he looks at the he looks at the cookie and he says, uh, "Hey, he says uh, I don't believe in no elf people. These are, these ain't elves. I don't believe in elves." He says, "Well, they are. They're made by elves, and they're wonderful new cookies. Give them a try." And he takes the cookie and bites it. Oh, hey, say they're real good cookies. Now you done near made a believer out of me. Uh, I don't believe in the elves, but I'll tell you what, little factory people. That's what you are, little factory people. You make a good cookie. Well, I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I like that kind of stuff, too. You know, well, I've got the, I've got the mind of a, you know, I've, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who thinks Snoopy isn't deep. Uh, you know, and you know how terrible it is. When you start suspecting that there is no hidden message in the comic strips, then you're already on their way down, right? Hidden messages. I enjoy that one. Uh, <laughs> you, well, all right, did you want to hear another commercial I like? I, I got all my little favorites here. Uh, did you ever see the one where the Spitfire is standing on the field? The Spitfire airplane. Oh, it's a beautiful commercial. And the Spitfire starts to take on. He guns that great big Merlin engine. Oh, wow. And he goes roaring down that field. And you see next to him this uh, Triumph Spitfire. And they're going along. They're going neck and neck. And then the, then the Spitfire airplane. It's all done in beautiful hazy color. And the Spitfire airplane goes off into the dawn. Yeah. You ever seen that one? Well, I don't know. That's because you watch wrestling too much, Joe. You, you don't. Sit down and what the hell do you watch? Uh, oh yeah, you live up there in Connecticut where they got that special. Yes, you live up there in Connecticut. Did you know that there are certain spots in Connecticut that, for those of you who uh, feel benighted, uh, but things are spreading out. It'll get to your neighborhood late uh, very soon. Do you know that they have closed circuit pointy television up in Connecticut, and you can subscribe to it. Yes, they do. Well, don't, 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 uh, what, what do you mean, shame? You're saying they don't have it up there? Oh, well, no, 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 wait a minute. Let's put it this way. They have X-rated erotic film. Uh, that's a very different thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's the head again. The head. You've got to watch out for your head. You really do. Uh, <laughs> you just got to keep, uh, keep, a, keep a tight rein on it. Who else do you miss? Uh, oh, those great, uh, great characters out of the past. Mr. Glad, yeah, he's a goodie. Right. Uh, where's some of the others? Come on. Now, I can think of a hundred of them. Why? Maybe it's because I'm very conscious of commercials, because I do a lot of them. Huh? Joe, I can see why you don't have a contract doing commercials. It looks to me like you're doing a commercial for some outfit that makes canoes and paddles. Canoes. I'm getting close. <laughs> you're talking about Eric? Do you remember Eric? He used to come sailing up the Hudson River. Is that is that one of your favorite guys, huh? Yeah. Well, he was always good. Yeah, Eric could come sailing up the Hudson River there uh, with that blonde. Another great idea from Sweden. That's right, Sweden. Yeah. Curiously enough, they weren't made in Sweden, you know. It's just an idea from Sweden. That's all. <laughs> all right. Uh, who else do you miss? Come on, you must have other people. 
Oh, well, no, 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 he's a real man. I'm talking about a classical character that, uh, you know, like uh, like the Marlboro Man. Uh, you don't know who that guy was. He's just the Marlboro Man. You know, you, sure, all of us, each one of us deep in our heart, Mrs. Rex Marshall, you know, used to come out and say, this is Rex Marshall for, yeah. But uh, I'm talking about great, great cartoons. All right, don't you remember uh, Speedy? Who is Speedy? Don't you remember Speedy? Who did Speedy represent? Speedy was a little character, remember? He was a little white cartoon character. He'd run around like crazy. Speedy. You don't remember him? Well, who was he, who, who was he Speedy for? That's right, Speedy Alka-Seltzer. Don't you remember him? All right, I'll ask you another question. Who was the... Who, who, uh, who had a parrot that used to fly around? And as he flew around, he would trail smoke, and he would... He would uh, he would make uh, things. Uh, disappeared mostly on sports. He would he would make rings and stuff. And then his theme song was da 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 Who is that? Oh, well, well, what what product did he represent? Valentine. Oh my God! You would fail every night. No- that's right. You got it. I knew you'd get it after Jerry told it to you. Yes, of course. And the voice would say, another in the great circle of fights. The vo- you remember the voice would say, and now another event in the great circle of fights brought to you by Gillette. Now, if you're going to ask about great commercial characters out of the past, who used to appear, listen carefully, who used to appear in the Wednesday night fights between rounds, and uh, he was standing behind a bar, and he was serving the beer that sponsored the Wednesday night fights, and he would do a commercial about them, and they were done live. Who was that? Who the bill tired? Uh, uh, he was blank the bartender. Now, come on, you guys, now, come on, he... he he was called. He, he just simply said, uh, "Well, he said, uh, certainly a great fight here tonight." And there'd be a couple of guys would come in. And he says, "Yes, we're serving that old Pap's Blue Ribbon here tonight." And uh, this is Bill the bartender inviting all of you to have another glass of that rich. Uh, you remember? You don't remember Bill the bartender? You remember that? Well, it was an announcer named Bill Nimmo, and he was called Bill the bartender. All right, I'll ask you another one. During the early days, hey, now listen to this one. During the early days of a famed athletic aggregation in this city, the commercials between the, when they were taking a, a little rest, between the, what, what was it? I won't even tell you what it was. Between quarters, between halves, between sets, between innings, whatever it was, they would take a rest and they would switch to a mythical place. What was it called? And they were done live. And there was an actor who was like the host there. What was it? These were commercials. And what was the name of the aggregation, which incidentally is still in business and is very popular in New York? Come on. You mean to tell me none of you remember the famous Rheingold Rest? 
And Leon Janney would be back there selling Rheingold, don't you? And he had this, it was like a mythical bar. And you'd see all these guys sitting around there between innings, and they'd be talking about the game. One would be looking up at the at the uh, yeah, television and say, holy smokes, what an inning. Wow, did you see what the... Did you see what the marvelous Marv did that time? Yeah, they were actually referring to the bargains. Oh, boy. Oh, that guy's got a glove made out of lead. And at that point, Leon James said, Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the Rheingold Rest here between innings. And uh, we'd like to have you try a little of this deep, rich. You, you don't even remember that. I'm amazed. He was on there for years. And that's, of course, uh, <laughs> all right. So, so and in fact, the Rheingold Rest got to be so popular that people thought it was a real place. And when they would come out to to the ballpark, they would all look for Rheingold, this place. They thought they could go there between innings. Uh, it was called the Rheingold Rest. Sure, and and the actor was named Leon Janney. He was a New York actor. Done a lot of stuff here in town, and he was the host. And he always wore this uh, this uh, apron. And uh, he'd come on, he's got this crinkly hair, you know, he'd come on, and uh, <laughs> he'd say, welcome to the Rheingold Rest. He said, boy, that was certainly an exciting inning. Well, it's time for a glass of rich, delicious, satisfying Rheingold. And now, here, I'd like to draw one for you. And he goes, shh, and he hands it out like he's giving it to you, you know, like you're right. And he puts it across the thing, and then uh, he switches to the other guys there. Do you remember that? Well, I, I'll tell you, one of my favorite commercials currently today, talk about the really great technical technical uh, virtuosity type things in the commercial world. Have you ever seen the one that the beer company has? And I'm going to give you a clue. Uh, a real a real little... Uh, they should show you the kind of artistry that some of these commercials have, and they do have them. Which beer company has the one where the little guy, it's a little head of a man. Who, it's just a head. It's like a toy head of a man, and it's got wheels on it, and it wheels around, and the head opens up, and there's a little band playing. <laughs> and then they go ta 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 and little guy hits the thing ta 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 no that's a really clever commercial no that 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 I'd like to wouldn't you love to have that little man and you'd wind it up and send it across your floor and it's playing oh no to me commercials who nah nah now that that Oh well, that's that yeah, the one that says uh, the one that says uh, take it off, yeah. But uh, she she never became a real character. Uh, no, no, not not really. Uh, it was just a you know an erotic type commercial. But uh, but the real the real. No, I, do you remember the, do you remember the one where the guy sang? Uh, which do you recall it? The scene in the locker room where you saw all these guys wearing their green suits, and uh, you see this rookie coming in. And all of a sudden, all right, rookie, come on, come on, rookie, get up on a chair there and sing. And he goes, Shaper is the one beer to have when you're having more than one. Little echo chamber, Joe. That means echo. Shaper. Oh my God! I said a little echo. Shaper is the one beer to have when you're having more than one. And they all sat around and cried. That was real nice, kid. Did you see that one? 
<laughs> I miss that old gang around the locker room. You know, they'll they'll be back, no doubt, <laughs> next season. But uh, you had you had this feeling, you know. Did you did you see the one where where the two guys are driving their beer truck? Well, you know, these these are all uh, New York type commercials. You probably don't even see them out in the rest of the country. But uh, no, did you see the one where the two guys are driving their beer truck and they're going up to the mountains to deliver the first load of beer to this town that apparently gets snowbound every year? You see that one? And, and he's driving along, and he says, I'll tell you what, kid. He says, this is the biggest tournament in life. It's the first shipment of beer after the winter. And they, they really celebrate. He says, you got to get ready. And he says, play it cool. Just watch like I do it. And they come in town, and the bands are playing. And there's a beautiful girl who, who uh, you know, kisses the beer guy. You didn't see that one. Well, of course, uh, that's what happens when you watch too much uh, that uh, low-life television down there. No, no, it's my fault. That's true. That's true. You spend all of your time watching the Boston Pops on Channel 13. I know. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just telling you what I see. I don't make it up. I don't make it up. I did not make up the Marlboro Man. I did not. No, I don't know what you mean. No, there's no point in trying to insult me. It won't do you no good. Listen, ever since I had a date with the lady plumber, man, there ain't nothing you can tell me. And you know that, uh, no, we went to Cheerios, and you know she wears that white overalls all the time? Yeah, she walks around, and, and the poor waiter comes over, and she says, Have you tried new comments? The poor guy, you know, was so embarrassed, he has, you know, but uh, you get used to these things. She went in the back there, you know, in the men's room, and took care of a lot of plumbing problems they had there, but uh, would you please bring up some music? Before we get driven entirely out of Beyond the Pale here. You can just see why Shepard is not popular on this thing. I have been called uh, by a recent critic who described the show. He says, uh, Shepard is life's answer to Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 